Welcome to the OFR Farm Report, your look at the Atlanta Braves minor league system brought to you by OutfieldFlyRule.com, hosted by Andy Harris and Matt Kritzberg. Hey everybody, welcome to the OFR Farm Report podcast, uh, where we talk about the Braves minor league system. With me as always, my co-host Matt Kritzberg. Hey Matt, how you doing? Things are going well. Um, of course, we pre-recorded our, I, mean, if, I hate to pull back the curtain for the magic of podcasting, but uh, we recorded our fantasy draft previously, and uh, we're both excited about our teams and hope people stick around to listen to that. It, it's fun, it's silly, and there has to be at least some of y'all out there that have absolutely no interest in it at all. So for you, um, we are appending this to the end of this podcast. So we're going to go through our normal stuff first and then there'll be some interstitial music. And then you'll hear the excitement of two grown men picking names of baseball players back and forth, uh, 50 times. It's too much excitement for one podcast, but yeah, we somehow manage anyway. But, uh, if you, if you need to feel free to use the conveniently located eject button and, Knock yourself out if you don't want to listen to it, but uh, we'll, like you, like Andy said, we'll get a definitive interstitial there and bail if you need to. Do you eject a podcast? Well, if you believe hard enough, <laughs> if you believe I've in yourself, I've wanted to eject podcasts before. <laughs> I, I've listened to podcasts I've wanted to eject. <laughs> All right. Well, well, Matt, it's been it's been a couple of weeks, and I apologize. That was on me. Uh, I was not feeling well last week, so we skipped a week. And unfortunately, that was the start of the double um, A, high A, low A affiliate. So feel like we got a little bit to catch up with. Um, we're not going to go into a full blown like roster review of those teams because you know they've been playing for two weeks now. So, uh, but uh, if you if you're interested in our thoughts on that, please feel free to check out the. Uh, uh, outfieldflyrule.com, the regular Monday farm report. Uh, we're going through uh, team by team. So uh, today we uh, put out uh, our farm report and it has a uh, a breakdown of the Rome Braves roster. So next week we'll get down to Augusta. There we go. And there we go. All right. So this was a very interesting weekend. We We had said before the season that we think Augusta is probably going to be the the team to watch as far as prospect goes, and boy, that that uh, panned out very much so <laughs> yeah. this last week. That Augusta roster is super intriguing. Just just going down uh, the starters for this week. Uh, Tuesday starter was the youngest minor leaguer in all full season affiliated ball. And the youngest to play at that level in six years. And, and we're, we're talking just, about, yeah, we're not just talking about break among Briggs farmhands. We're talking about all prospects. Right. Uh, so right-hander Didier Fuentes, who had a super good season last year in the DSL, promoted uh, up two rungs straight up to Augusta. So he started us out on Tuesday and um, you know, I really liked what I saw. The results were kind of in. He, I think he went what the two innings, uh, gave up two runs. But uh, w- watching the playback on that, he has got legitimate stuff, Matt. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, he's awfully, awfully young for this level. But, I mean, just the fact that he didn't get knocked out in the first inning, I mean, it wouldn't have been a total shock to see him just get absolutely ravaged. But uh, he, he, he showed some nice um, work in there over those couple of innings. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing more from him. I wouldn't be, I mean, it's not going to be a total shock if at some point it's like, oh, no, uh, things aren't working out and he might have to backslide by back to the uh, complex league. But uh, I, I certainly like what I've seen so far, and it's definitely going to be, worth him sticking around for a while that, that um the fastball was legit i mean the, the velocity is not super great it's it's low 90s right now but the man's only 17 i say man the boy is only 17 <laughs> years old he he's not even going to turn 18 i think for for a couple more months yeah i, doubt, I think um, like sometime, i think it's like sometime in june yeah it's not any time in the near future <laughs> yeah it, so it's um it's it'll be fascinating to to watch him um he's he's already a big boy but you got to feel that he's going to fill out he's going to gain strength uh the slider is legit he's got a change up and he likes i i notice he likes throwing it for strikes on strike one i suspect uh that's since he to help set the tone he can throw it in there for strike and if you if a hitter doesn't know it's coming, then then he'll look foolish, and then he'll be a little gun shy, maybe for the rest of the at bat. Um, we'll see how long that lasts before people pick up on that tendency. But uh, it's it's a very very interesting uh, player, Didier Fuentes. Yeah, and I imagine uh, I imagine they're probably going to leave him at Augusta all year long. I mean, I, I don't see there any urgency whatsoever to move him up in any levels or anything like that. I mean, if he does a, a level a season, he'll be in the major leagues by the time he's 21, 22 years old. That's right. So on Wednesday, uh, we got the return of Adam Shoemaker to Augusta. Uh, very intriguing uh, left-handed Canadian arm, cold-weather arm, Uh Started out in Augusta last year, uh, got hurt, ended back in the FCL, never got back. Uh, but he started back out in fine fashion. Three innings, uh, did not allow a hit, and only one walk and four strikeouts. So um, Adam Shoemaker, good to see him back on the mound. Yeah, we're, we're going to see it here. There's a few guys here that have uh, making comebacks from last season and injuries. Uh, I'm sure you'll talk about them here in a moment. But, yeah, it's good to see that the, these guys making comebacks are making uh, really good efforts and uh, – and most importantly, staying healthy, at least for the time being. All right. On Thursday, you had the second start of the season for uh, Spencer Schwellenbach. Um, we didn't get really to talk about his first start, so let's talk about them both here, Matt. Um, what did you see from Mr. Schwellenbach? I like the fact, I mean, they're not trying to hurry him along or anything. I mean, I think he had a pitch count maybe around 25 pitches. I mean, they're they're just say, hey, let's, let's get it, get you out on the mound in front of real hitters and that aren't wearing the same uniform you're wearing and just uh, let you just get a taste of the action here. And I think, I'm sure they'll be building him up. It's probably going to be quite a while before he gets to a full starters workload. But uh, obviously the important thing is he, he stayed healthy and got his feet wet and Hopefully, maybe next time out, they'll get him out to, say, 35, 40 pitches and build up from there. Yeah, just reading body language there a little bit. Uh, both times he was taken out, I feel like he really wanted to stay out on the mound. Um, it, it, it's almost like he, he he was just starting to kind of get going, and they're like, okay, that's enough, and uh, <laughs> and pull him. And it, it, you could tell he – I think he – it seemed like he was a little frustrated each time. So that's good as well. I think that must mean he's his arm is feeling well. Yeah, I mean, he's got to kind of 
keep him within himself. Uh, you don't want him <laughs> calling the shots and <laughs> trying to go do too much too soon. But uh, he's a guy that uh, if things go well for him, he could rocket up this system in a hurry. Yeah. And what I liked also is I, there was distinct improvement in his first start from his second start. First start is almost completely fastballs, some command issues, as you would imagine from a guy making his first start back. Second start, those command issues really seem to have, you know, melted away, uh, really putting the fastball where he needs to and breaking out the slider for the first time. Uh, the slider could be a real weapon. Um, it, it's exciting. I, I don't know. Um, I'm hoping that they they stretch him out here kind of at least 10 more pitches a start, you know, for the next one. But um, he actually threw fewer pitches in his second start. He was more efficient. Um, so and that might have been the, the reason for it. But, um, yeah, Spencer Schwellenbach off to a pretty good start. All right. So then we had um, – so Schwellenbach was going to be the the Thursday pitcher. I was mistaken. He was going to be Thursday, but instead that got rained out. So he pitched the first game on Friday. The second half of that doubleheader, we really got a treat. The season debut of Owen Murphy. Uh, did you happen to see any of his start, Matt? No, uh, I just caught up on it. I saw a couple highlights here and there. I mean, that was very impressive. Um, I mean, with those four innings of work, uh, maybe not quite as impressive as uh, another start we'll be talking about here in a minute. But uh, yeah, that, I mean, get get off to a great start. And I mean, I'm looking forward to this season from Augusta. It's going to be a lot of nice pitching uh, up and down the line. Yeah, four innings, two hits, one walk, six strikeouts. Um, and uh, I think I was most impressed with just, and, and this is what impressed me last year too, and I'm, I'm happy to see it's continuing, just the life on the fastball. He's just got this really explosive um, uh, glove side run with that fastball. It really sets up the slider well. I can see where uh, duck hitters were very confused uh, <laughs> between those two pitches coming through. Um, is beautiful to see. All right, so you teased it. So I, I would say the the piece de la resistance of the weekend was uh, J.R. Ritchie, his performance on Saturday. Um, three innings, no hits, seven strikeouts. There's not much you can say other than it was pretty dominant. Um, There's a little bit of loud contact, but, um, you know, nothing, nothing too major and, you know, what can you say about seven strikeouts out of nine batters faced? Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> uh, loud contact among the few balls that were contacted, but I, mean, I, I think we're going to be fine before too long. J.R. Richie's just too dominant for this level, but I mean, I'm sure he'll be working on some things over the next few starts, and uh, we'll see uh, how long the likes of Richie and Murphy stick around in Augusta. Yeah, it's going to be natural to compare the two, Murphy and Richie, just just because they were in the same draft. They were both in the same round uh, in the first round of that draft. So I think definitely Richie, Richie's got a little bit more uh, polish to him. Uh, I think he's got a little bit more command to him. I do like Murphy's fastball a little bit better at this point, uh, but Richie has uh, better command of both the fastball and the slider and a little bit of a change up in there. Um, Murphy had, a, I don't know, he had a kind of breaking ball. It looked a little bit like a curve, but a little bit, it's kind of a slurve thing too. I don't know if that's an accident or developing that, but, uh, overall Richie, I think just a little bit more polished, maybe just a little bit ahead, but, um, the talent level 
that these guys brought in their very first start uh, was very exciting. And that brings us to our Sunday starter and a guy that we've hardly ever talked about on the show, um, Jorge Bautista. He arguably had the best start of them all. He went five innings in his season debut, fresh off the IL, uh, only gave up four hits and two walks and struck out five. So uh, it's interesting, Bautista, he was named in a Baseball America article just before or just after the season started. And it was just them talking to unnamed scouts for major league ball clubs. And they were talking about players that in the minor league camps and minor league games kind of stood out. And Bautista was the name from the Braves that was brought up, which is interesting because, you know, I saw him last year and he, he, you know, obviously a a strong arm, but really scattershot. And um, he, he kind of had kind of bullpen penciled him for him, or at least I did. And, um, I don't know, maybe he's, uh, maybe he's, uh, turning the corner here. Now he, he, he never really walked that many guys, but he missed a lot in the zone. And so as a result, kind of got hit hard a little bit. Um, and now I'm talking about last year, uh, this year, his start, he was pretty dominant in that first gun. And against a pretty good wood ducks uh, lineup. Yeah, and that's uh, if you've been counting along with us, uh, that's six deep rotation. So I mean, you could fill out an entire week with those guys. So they don't they don't have to try to toss them every five days or anything like that. They'll get each of these guys will get a start a week and uh, no pressure on them. And I think it's going to work out well in the long run for these pitchers. And yeah, you mentioned that six. And what's interesting about Augusta too is there's some guys in the bullpen that have starting experience as well that could very well flip if there's, you know, injury or if there is uh, promotions or anything like that. Um, one guy that we haven't talked about in a while, Jared Johnson, he of the triple digit fastball uh, had Tommy John surgery last spring um, and uh, missed all of 2022. Uh, he came out of the bullpen picking backing with, uh, with Bautista and, if the, if he had started, this could arguably have been the best start of the week. Uh, five and a third, two hits, four walks, eight strikeouts. Uh, so uh, just a, just a dominating performance out of the bullpen in his first appearance back since Tommy John surgery. Yeah, I mean, we talked about him uh, back when he first came out, and uh, of course he had some bouts of ineffectiveness. Of course, left right before Tommy John, so obviously the the two could have been related. But, uh, of course, I just looked it up here. I mean, even after all this and he had the Tommy John surgery and everything, he's still only 20 years old. And he's not going to turn 21 probably towards until towards the end of the season. So <laughs> he's still very young, um, age appropriate for the levels. I mean, this this Augusta team is just absolutely stacked. Yeah. And then <laughs> you had Seth Keller. Um, Seth Keller was a six-rounder last year, was the uh, high school pitcher of the year in the state of Virginia out of Hanover High School in Mechanicsville. Now, Keller um, was just in the FCL last year. Uh, It seemed like he probably had a little bit more work. He definitely had less experience on the mound than, say, Murphy and and Richie did. Uh, But he started the year in Augusta, and he came out with his um, a relief appearance, three innings, two hits, four strikeouts, and perhaps most impressively, zero walks. So that's another guy that could possibly get on the mound as a starter. 
There are so many guys that may only get one start every two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't know if we can. We can go with uh, Richie and Murphy getting less starts. Nah, I mean, I, I, obviously they'll probably um, rotate some guys, put some guys on the developmental list for a bit, so everybody can uh, kind of build up and get their turns in. But I mean, I, I'm just very impressed by. It. And we kind of called this before the season that Augusta was the team to watch because not only for the draft picks, but you got these returning pitchers as well coming back from injuries. So uh, it, it is a lovely thing to see, especially considering the state of the rest of the farm system. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we expected it to be excited, but the fact that basically six starters just came out one game after the other and just really, really impressed the way that they did. Uh, we may not see it the rest of the year. It's very rare, right? For, <laughs> for an entire, you know, six man rotation to, to put up strong numbers and, and performances like that. And, and granted, all of them were short, right? Because, you know, the pitch counts aren't, aren't up there yet. You know, they'll get stretched out here as the, as the next few weeks progress and we'll see how that goes. But um, uh, I could not imagine a better start for the Augusta Green Jackets, extremely young rotation. And for anybody going to see an Augusta Green Jackets game, I don't worry about asking what starter am I going to see? Cause odds are you're going to see somebody really, really good. And it's going to be worth the price of admission. Yeah, that's nice. Very nice. Yeah, I'm hoping to get down there uh, in June. That's what we're looking at right now. After we we weren't able to get down there last year, so um, it's a it's such a great ballpark. And uh, if you have the opportunity to to go to an Augusta Green Jackets game, uh, I would I would do it. I would try to do it before it gets super hot in July. It it, it gets extremely muggy. It's right down there by the river, and uh, it it's a great atmosphere. It's, um, you know, it's, it's young professionals down there. You know, it's, a, there's, there's some great restaurants, there's great bars. It's, um, it's kind of different if, you know, I mostly go to Rome and, uh, and I love Rome and I love the Rome atmosphere, but, you know, to put it, to put it blankly, they're mostly people my age or older, right? And Augusta is a completely different atmosphere. Unfortunately, it's just a little too far for me to go, but yeah, it would be nice to be able to go there someday. Yeah. Why don't we go ahead and talk about the week that was the Gwinnett Stripers? If we must. Gwinnett uh, did not have a good week. Um, they played six games, and they lost six games this week. The attrition going on in the system right now because of the injuries and at the major league level, uh, it's affecting the upper levels of the farm system in a big way. Uh, when you've had to get the likes of uh, Von Grissom promoted, uh, Chadwick Trump had been promoted, those two just over the last week or so, and uh, like Eli White. And, I mean, it, it's just cutting their depth pretty badly, and they're running out of pretty uh, – pedestrian offense at the moment in the six games this they played in loss this week and three of the six games they either scored one run or zero runs so uh just not a whole lot going on right there and plus later in the week um brayton shoemake uh suffered an injury he was hit by a uh batted ball while he was in the field uh went off his throwing hand and he missed the last couple of games of the week so uh yeah, they're they're down a few players right now, and it's it's kind of ugly. But they had a couple of bright spots here and there. Uh, Forrest Wall, uh, who impressed during uh, spring training for the Braves, uh, has put up some pretty good numbers in the leadoff spot. Uh, 
he was only five for twenty two on the week, but put together an eight oh two OPS because of the of a lot of the walks he's been taking, and he scored uh, five runs as well and stole three bases. So it's it give him a pretty good spark uh, with Eli White uh, being up in Atlanta for the moment. Um, Vaughn Grissom did um, pretty well on uh, in his uh, little bit of time. And then Luke Waddell kind of backfilled Vaughn Grissom's spot when he got promoted. Uh, he played three – Luke Waddell played three games for Gwinnett. Went hitless in his first two games, but uh, had a two-hit game on Sunday, getting him off to a pretty good start. And hopefully he can make a good impression in his uh, time in Gwinnett before uh, – Either Shoemaker gets healthy or uh, Von Grissom gets sent back down. So Shoemaker got his, you know, you mentioned you mentioned Shoemaker with his uh, injury. We'll be watching very closely to see, you know, will he be in the Tuesday lineup for Gwinnett? Yeah, and he hadn't been hitting well before that, so that's another thing to keep an eye on as well. And hopefully, it doesn't affect him uh, in a significant manner. Now, moving on to the uh, pitching, uh, pitching actually did pretty well this week. Although, the, even though they lost all those games, um, Michael Soroka uh, led off the week. Um, he had a he pitched four innings um, because he had a pitch count. Um, he left that after sixty nine pitches in the four innings. Uh, he had a lot of struggles in the first inning, and it probably uh, had a lot to do with the fact that the game started so early. Um, I believe it was an 11 a.m. Eastern game, which that's before spring training games even usually start. It's for one of those education days. Uh, and he had a good bit of trouble in the first inning, but after that he shook it off and uh, pitched three solid innings again after that. Now, um, he did not pitch the rest of the week, so by the time he gets around to pitching again, it'll be at least a week between starts. So I think they're just kind of taking him very slowly at the moment uh, while building up the pitch count, especially uh, now that Max Fried's back in Atlanta and they've got a full rotation and, Bryce Elder's pitching well. There's no crying need to try to get another starting pitcher ready. So I think they're going to uh, do what they can to uh, just kind of guide Soroka along slowly until they do need him at the major league level. Yeah, I thought Soroka looked really good in that start. Um, the fastball was very zippy. Command, uh, much, much better than his first start. Um, it, I, his comments after the game seemed to th- – say that he felt like it was a pretty good stepping stone as well. Um, at this point, you know, especially seeing him moving around the mound and uh, making plays, I am no longer concerned pretty much about Soroka getting re-injured or anything like that beyond, you know, anybody else, any other pitcher I'd be worried about at this point. Um, I think it's just, just a matter of will he be able to get all his stuff back all the way? And I think that looks pretty good so far. And just when will he be stretched out? Yeah, and I, I, like I said, I think they're going to take their time with him. He pitched seventy uh, around seventy pitches this start. I think he's probably about let's say two three starts away from even considering it. I know some people were thinking that maybe he would get a start here in the near future when the since the Braves had an open spot before Max Fried came back. But obviously, after he was activated, that put all those questions to rest. Uh, so I mean, I think they're not in a hurry. So uh, I think it's good that they'll take him along slowly, or at least at a, at a normal pace and not trying to hurry him along and like you I, I think i really like the fact that he's been popping off the mound to uh fill these uh little uh numbers that are coming back towards the mound and he's filled them in a pretty clean manner and i think that was kind of the probably the last psychological hurdle he really needed to overcome to uh get get back on the horse and uh, get ready to get back to the major leagues here in the not too distant future mm-hmm all right, uh, some of the other pitchers uh, had a really good week. Uh, Dylan Dodd, after uh, being moved down from Atlanta, uh, got his first Gwinnett start of the season, and he tossed five and two-thirds scoreless innings on Sunday. Uh, 
couple other uh, pitchers did fairly well. Nolan Kingham uh, got a start, and he pitched actually pretty well. Uh, he, although he had been pitching a lot in the uh, bullpen, but with all the starting pitching that had issues with at the big league level and getting players promoted and moving around, that uh, Nolan Kingham got a start in there, and he uh, gave up uh, just one earned run over six innings. Jared Schuster had a uh, pretty similar effort where he gave up one earned run over six innings. And uh, Alan Winans had a, an okay start. Uh, he's been kind of the leader of the Gwinnett starting rotation, at least for the moment, but uh, just because of he's putting in a lot of innings. But he uh, pitched five and a third innings, gave up three earned runs, uh, got his normal amount of swing and miss, but uh, unfortunately got victimized by the long ball. Uh, looking in the bullpen, um, not a whole lot to speak of uh, other than a couple of guys here. Uh, the one big interesting story, and this happened the same day as uh, Mike, Michael Soroka started. I mean, obviously that was the big news for that start, but one interesting thing that came out of that start as well is uh, Rodri Munoz. Uh, got promoted from Mississippi. He was Mississippi's opening day starter, and he pitched out of the bullpen in his first day at Gwinnett and pitched a scoreless inning. Uh, we weren't real sure what his role was going to be. It was like, are they just trying to get him like a bullpen day in and just throw him on the mound, let him get a little work in? But he came back later on the week and had another um, scoreless outing, and looks like that he might be ticketed for the bullpen. So, and being the fact that he's on the 40-man roster already, he's just one step away from the big leagues now. So, you know, keeps putting in this kind of work. He, he might not be too far off in the distance. Yeah, it was interesting because even uh, Dave Lizette, the uh, Gwinnett uh, play-by-play guy, was not sure <laughs> what was going on with uh, with um, uh, Munoz when he came up. He, he speculated that he was probably going to set up to start that game on, on Sunday, but he did not. So uh, we, I think we have to assume that they go ahead and press the press the button and move him to the bullpen. It's kind of reminiscent of uh, Victor Vodnik last year, where he started the season in the uh, Mississippi rotation. But I think Vodnik got at least two starts right before they yeah. <laughs> promoted him and moved him to the bullpen. But it, it, it reminds me of that a little bit. Yeah, Munoz just got the one start in. I guess they saw enough. It's like, ah, uh, let's. Uh, <laughs> we got plenty of starters. Let's see what uh, we can get out of the bullpen. Obviously, being on the forty-man roster, the clock's ticking. So, uh, I, I don't think it's that big of a stretch to say he could be in Atlanta sometime this summer if he keeps pitching like this. Obviously, yeah. it's only two outings, but uh, we'll keep definitely keep an eye on that. Is and we've been speculating for a while. His stuff was probably more suited to the bullpen anyway. Um, but yeah, this is a good, good time to pull the trigger on that. Uh, another couple of pitchers that had really uh, good uh, outings. Uh, Yaxel Rios, he's been very impressive uh, with Gwinnett so far. He had three uh, scoreless appearances this week. Uh, I believe he's got a zero ERA for the season up to this point. Um, he been p- pitched very well in the World Baseball Classic, uh, and now he's doing very well for Gwinnett. And he, he's not on the 40-man roster, and I don't believe he has any options. So, I mean, I, I, he might be kind of a distant option, but uh, – He's the guy who could work himself into the mix in Atlanta sometime this season. Well, this week also, they um, tried to sneak um, Richard Lovelady, who was a reliever that they had acquired from Kansas City just before the season started. They tried to sneak him through waivers, get him off the 40-man roster. It it didn't work. The A's claimed him. But there's now an opening on the 40-man roster. And honestly, the guy that I thought they might fill it with was Yaxel Rios. That hasn't happened yet, and obviously they could just have wanted a spot. For one thing, you have to have a spot in order to claim somebody off waivers, so that might have been some thinking on that too. Uh, but uh, 
I mean, Rios is, he looked great in the, like you said, in the world baseball classic, he looked great in spring training. Um, and he's looked way, great with Gwinnett. Um, so, um, it, I could see him in Atlanta, like, yeah, next week and, if necessary. And he, as I say, yeah, he throws hard. He throws very, well, that 98, 99 range. So, I mean, he's got some gas on him. Uh, and with all the, because they're kind of treating the, uh, the built bullpen right now as kind of eight man plus whoever's on the, injured list of which they just added uh lewis litke to it today so the time the eight-man bullpen is really about a 12-man bullpen and yaxel rios could find himself in that mix here in the not too distant future um grant holmes also had a, a pretty solid week uh three scoreless appearances of covering uh two and two-thirds innings so uh with the the bad week Winnett had it wasn't all due to the pitching great great starting pitching a couple good bullpen arms i think it's more the lack of offense that uh doomed him for the week kind of up and down the system. We talk about this in the fantasy draft a little bit, just uh, how relatively little power there is up and down the organization. Gwinnett is in that boat. Um, I think it's going to be difficult for them to score runs in bunches. They've got speed uh, and they've got some on base guys, but uh, without a couple thumpers in the middle of that lineup, it's, it's going to be difficult to score with regularity. Um, hopefully the rotation solidifies here and it gives them uh, a better chance uh, on a nightly basis. I guess we'll move on to uh, Mississippi. Um, Mississippi had a slightly better week than Gwinnett. Uh, they won the first two games that they're set in um, Chattanooga. Um, when, uh, the first game they won 5-2, the second game they won 9-5, to five, and then it just kind of fell apart there at the rest of the week. They lost the remaining four games of the series. Starting pitching, it wasn't terrible, but uh, there was a couple of pretty um, not great starts in there. Luis Diavila had uh, the bookend starts for the week on uh, Tuesday and Sunday. His first start, um, he gave up just one run over four innings, but then his final start of the week gave up two runs over three and two-thirds and just had traffic everywhere on the base pass, gave up uh, eight base runners, and uh, that kind of led to uh, the demise there. But the uh, offense didn't really support him much as they only scored one run during that game. Uh, looking at some of the other starters, uh, not a whole lot to tell here. He's got kind of a lot of uh, – minor league veteran type guys. Uh, Bo Burrows got a start in, uh, pitched three in the third innings, uh, no runs uh, scored, I mean, off of him. And then he got promoted to Gwinnett soon thereafter. So uh, good for him. And uh, Alan Rangel, uh, very much a veteran of Mississippi, uh, gave up five runs over five innings. And it's a lot like a lot of his starts. Uh, lots of strikeouts. Unfortunately, also lots of home runs. He struck out eight over those five innings, but also gave up three home runs. Saw a lot of that from him last season. Unfortunately, that long ball is is uh, not great for him. Tanner Gordon, uh, he had a really good first start. In fact, that was a, a game I attended at home um, last Saturday night uh, when he pitched five shutout innings. But um, unfortunately, this week he... Uh, Pitched four innings, gave up eight runs, but with some really bad defense behind him. Only uh, four of those eight runs were earned, but still, I mean, that's not a not a great showing. Gave up uh, five hits and a walk over those four innings, uh, and then beyond that, I mean, just not a lot going on um, pitching wise. Uh, bullpen a little better off. Um, the one oddity of the week was uh, Victor Vodnik. He had a really really good first appearance for the week. Uh, pitched a scoreless inning with a couple of strikeouts, and uh, I believe it is a uh, 
guess it was Chris Harris that was reporting on the gun. I mean, he was hitting a 101 out there. So, I mean, he was pitching very impressively. And then, but unfortunately, his second game of the week uh, didn't go quite as well. He pitched uh, two innings, gave up two runs, uh, and threw three wild pitches over those two innings. So, he just did not have any kind of command that day. Looking at the rest of the bullpen, a um, couple guys that really stood out, uh, Domingo Gonzalez, appears to be kind of in that somewhat of a closer role for them. Uh, at times, he pitched uh, two different uh, scoreless innings of during the week. Uh, one in one game, he got the save during the first game of the week, although he loaded the bases, uh, but he got out of the situation on his own. And in his next appearance, he pitched two, two scoreless innings. And then uh, one guy that's been really impressive, he, he came up in, on board with Mississippi last season, and uh, he's still there this season. But uh, Kyle Wilcox, uh, he throws 100 miles an hour, and he's uh, pitching late in games as well. He pitched uh, two different times for the week, over two and a third innings. He struck out five. That, that's a, I think these are the guys gonna, worth keeping an eye on that might be able to get that bump up the Gwinnett here before too long. All right, uh, going on to the uh, Mississippi offense. Uh, Miss, this Mississippi offense answers the, the age-old question, what if we just made the entire team out of middle infielders? <laughs> I mean, they're all over the place. I mean, you got uh, Cody Milligan, I mean, although he spends a lot of his time in center field, also gets to play a little bit of second base. You got Cal Conley, Cade Bunnell, um, right before he got promoted, and he'll probably be back for too long, Luke Waddell. Uh, it's just a lot of guys that can play in those infield positions. Hudson Potts, Bo Phillip. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, also contributes to the fact there's just not a lot of power on this team. You got Drew Lugbauer, and um, some other guys can provide a little bit of pop, like Cade Bunnell, and uh, like I mentioned right before he got promoted, uh, Hendrick Clementina. Uh, a couple other guys got a little bit of uh, pop, but yeah, there's just not a whole lot going on there. But uh, Cody Milligan, I mean, he is really impressed in the leadoff spot so far this season. The uh, game I attended, uh, he had three doubles in that game, and he had a, a very, very good offensive week. He's stealing bases, and he's scoring a lot of runs. He scored nine of the 30 Mississippi runs for the week just on his own uh, out of that leadoff spot. So, taking uh, a lot of good things out of him. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's very it's very reminiscent of how he started out of the gate with Rome last year um, and he didn't really stop until he got promoted and he slowed down a little bit once he got to Mississippi, but it looks like now he's adapted to the level and is back up to that, um, that kind of mindset, just getting on base, stealing bases. And, uh, you know, he, he added a home run. Hopefully he doesn't start, um, yanking the ball again, like he did his first year with Rome. Um, when he changed his mindset and changed his approaches, when it kind of really increased his value. Yeah. And, like I mentioned, I went to a game where he hit three doubles, and he hit two more this week. So, yeah, he's got that extra, extra base pop. Uh, and like I said, it's not, he's not going to hit 20 home runs for you, but, I mean, he's going to get on base, if nothing else, and he'll get on base a lot. Uh, Drew Lugbauer did Drew Lugbauer things. He was three for 19 with 10 strikeouts on the week, but two of the three hits were home runs, and he also walked a few times. So it's kind of the line you'll get from him most weeks. Uh, Cal Conley hasn't been uh, great here over the last few um, games, uh, five for 23 for the week. Uh, he actually had a game where he stole two bases and got caught twice stealing. So <laughs> a very busy uh, night on the base pass for him at, on that occasion. Um they got a little bit of pop this week from uh, catcher Arden Paps, who was uh, activated recently. Uh, he only played in two games. Uh, it was two for six, but both of the hits were home runs. In fact, um, Paps was, uh, I believe, our uh, position player of the week 
at the, for the last week of the season last year for just a similar thing. He came up from Mississippi just for the last week of the season and just knocked the ball all over the park. So hopefully he can continue to do so and give this uh, lineup a little pop because they could certainly use it. Moving on to Rome, uh, the uh, Rome visited the Bowling Green Hot Rods, and you know there aren't really rivalries and minor league affiliated ball. I mean, the rosters change at least once a year, and very often more than once a year. So it's really hard to kind of get a rivalry. But if there was a rivalry, it would be Rome Braves versus Bowling Green Hot Rods, and I'm not the only one who said that. I heard the uh, Hot Rods uh, play-by-play guy say that too. So uh, the feeling is mutual here. They played each other so much in that in that COVID year, 2021, where you could only <laughs> you could only go so far, right? You know, so there was a lot of teams, especially in the northern part of the division, which who they never saw that year, and they ended up playing Bowling Green like 70 sometimes, right? Uh, and ever since then, it's clear these two teams uh, like beating each other. Unfortunately, the Hot Rods had the advantage on this road trip. Uh, they won four games to two, but the four losses were really uh, tight games, and the two wins for Rome were absolute uh, blowouts. They The offense really came alive on Saturday and Sunday to uh, leave uh, Bowling Green with some bad taste in their mouth. The offensive explosion was led by the two catchers, uh, Drake Baldwin uh, was our uh, OFR position player of the week. He was on base at a 563 clip this week um, and threw in a couple doubles to go with it. Just uh, constantly, um, constantly at, at, uh, at Bowling Green pitching um, Adam Zabrowski caught the other three games and also DH one time. He only hit 313 and a 421 uh, on base. And also he had a two run homer on Sunday to go along with an RBI double. So really good, good game for him on Sunday. Um, Ignacio Alvarez, uh, Nacho Alvarez, as he prefers to be called, is um, off to a really strong start um, playing shortstop, uh, which is, you know, after playing third base in college, big boy. And um, I suspect he'll eventually come back off the position, but it's great. They're giving him the opportunity there. Uh, so far, he's so good. He looks pretty comfortable. Uh, he went eight for 23 on the week and he walked six times. So he had an over 500 OBP as well. And then Kevin Kilpatrick, uh, he started the season on a stolen base barrage and has continued that. Uh, he, he stole four bases this week uh, and he got on base at a 419 clip. So that um, that top of the Rome uh, batting order right now is um, kind of clicking on all cylinders. The back half is a little a little more of a problem. And it reminds me a little bit of last year's as well, when you had uh, Milligan and Grissom and Justin Henry Malloy kind of batting at the top and then other people in the back, right? So uh, you had to make your hay early uh, in that lineup. So um, hopefully that will lengthen as uh, more hitters get more comfortable. Geraldo Quintero hasn't really caught fire yet. We know that he's capable of more, um, and then we'll see about the uh, the outfield, especially. Uh, yeah, that's is young and talented and athletic, but unproven. Yeah, that offensive setup you're talking about, where the top four are doing all the damage, that also sounds a whole lot like the parent club. Yeah, yeah, especially a couple of weeks ago. I think 
I think Aussie's kind of catching fire here a little bit to lengthen that lineup. So hopefully we see something similar with Rome here. The uh, rotation did okay. Uh, the big standout was AJ Smith Schauver making his season debut on Saturday, and he threw four and two thirds shutout. He only gave up three hits a walk, striking out eight. Um, so kind of joining his Augusta brethren down there with just a, uh, he couldn't ask for a better opening for the season for uh, Smith Shaver, another one of our top prospects. Ian Mejia was also um, our opening day starter and was a little shaky opening day, um, but he came back with a quality start, five innings, uh, gave up two runs on only three hits, struck out seven. So, um, so Smith Shaver and Mejia, uh, JJ Necro also had a strong start. Uh, Luis Vargas was had made his season debut and, and Samuel Strickland played as well. Strickland got hit hard a little bit. Uh, Vargas looked okay, but uh, was only in there for two innings. So those guys, of course, uh, pitched a lot for Augusta last year. So uh, we'll, we'll monitor them, see how they're doing at the higher level. And then just real quickly in, in relief, uh, the standout was Estarlin Rodriguez, two games in relief, uh, only two hits in three and a third innings. Uh, it looks like he might get some late inning opportunities. All right, moving on to Augusta. We already talked about the the uh, pitching quite a bit, so I'm not going to continue with that. I'll just uh, mention the offense. Um, first of all, they they also lost two of six. Um, but again, kind of like Rome won both um, both uh, weekend games and pitched shutouts in both those games too. So kind of like the rest of the organization, not a lot of power from here, but um, one person that may provide some is third baseman David McCabe. Um, he had a good weekend and a great Sunday. He went three for four on Sunday, hit a homer, a double overall for the week, hit 400 and uh, was on base at 500 clip. First baseman Justin Janis and infielder Francisco Floyd each were on base pretty consistently. Another possible power source is outfielder Jeremy Celandonio. Uh, he had a home run on opening day, and he had another one this week. Uh, only had three hits total, though, but um, but looks like a, a possible good middle of the lineup bat there. And I know everybody's interested in shortstop uh, prospect Ambiorius Tavares. At the plate, he's really off to a rough start. He struck out 12 times already in the seven games. But fortunately, he has shown off um, a pretty good arm, pretty good range. He has one error, and that was opening day. It's like, I think, maybe in the first inning. Since then, he's been very uh, impressive in the field and on the base paths as well. Um, He's getting caught a little too much, but the speed is there. I think it's just a matter of choosing his uh, moments a little bit better. All right, Matt, anything else you want to talk about before we move on to the draft? No, I think that's a pretty solid uh, first couple weeks in the organization. Um, It's kind of like we predicted for the season, pitching at Augusta, um, not a lot of offense, especially power-wise throughout the organization, although there's a lot of speed. So uh, a lot of good things to keep an eye on, and it sounds like we're off to a rocking and rolling start. Yeah, uh, it's great to have minor league baseball back and kind of be in this mindset of uh, keeping an eye on there, keeping an eye on the club, the big league club as uh, 
you know, it, it's on, they're going for another world series. There's no ifs, ands or buts. That's the goal. So, um, so hopefully the minor league will be a, an enjoyable distraction this year. Yeah. It's, it's not a system that's I mean, the, the, the bottom rank forest system, but it's definitely not a system that's bereft of talent, especially at the lower levels. Um, but you also want to like, you want to be in a position like this where you have a world series contending team and a, uh, growing farm system. You don't want to be a team like the Tigers where you have a bad team and a bad farm system. <laughs> yeah, that leads to rebuilds, as we found out in 2014. So, all right, uh, we'll go ahead and end the podcast proper now. Uh, if you feel like it, hang on, and the uh, fantasy draft will be starting in just a moment. Hey everybody, this is our fourth annual Braves minor league fantasy draft between me and Matt. First time Matt won, I've won the last two times, and so this will be a rubber match uh, to see uh, who can pick them at the beginning of the year. So the rules real quickly here, we are drafting uh, 25-man rosters, uh, one for each actual position, all nine positions on the field. That includes a DH plus an additional middle infielder and an additional corner infielder. And then five starting pitchers and eight relief pitchers. So total 25 players. Uh, The categories that they'll be uh, evaluated in are the classic 5x5 rotisserie categories. For offense, it'll be batting average, runs scored, home runs, RBIs, and stolen bases. And for pitchers, it'll be pitcher wins, pitcher saves, ERA, uh, whip ratio, that's wins plus hits divided by innings pitched, and finally, strikeouts. Players will be eligible at any position they played more than 20 games in the prior season, or if they did not get in that many games, whichever they had the most of. Pitchers will either... Uh, be starting pitchers or relief pitchers unless they had tied in appearances between relief appearances or starting pitch starting appearances the previous year. Any newcomers or people that were injured, you just look at you know wherever they played at previously to determine what their position eligibility is. We are confining ourselves only to players in the Braves organizations that have not exercised all of their rookie eligibility yet. So with that, we'll go right on to the draft, and Matt will make his first pick. I think I'm going to go a different direction this year, and I know it's kind of a crowded category, but I think I'm going to go with uh, pitchers. Start off the bat, um, liked what I saw with J.R. Ritchie last night during his start, and I think he's going to vaporize the low A level and hopefully the high A level as well, so I think I'll take him first. Excellent choice, sir. All right, my number one pick will be a guy that I saw recently in Rome. Uh, He's very impressive, and he's eligible at shortstop. I will take Nacho Alvarez. Ah, I'm going to kind of follow in that same category. I'm going to look for somebody who can provide me some OBP. Cody Milligan. Yep, it was either going to be Milligan or Alvarez for me for number one, so I'm not surprised you got him here. I assume you're putting him at second? Uh, Yes. All right. There's not a lot of guaranteed power in this system. No, there's not. (laughs) So I think I'm going to try to grab me some now. So I'm going to go with, um, 
I'm going to go with Dave McCabe. Yeah, I was thinking about him myself. All right, I'm going to kind of follow along and try to take me some guaranteed power, although he does not provide much else. I'm going to go with Drew Lugbauer. Yep, that would be... We are, again, thinking on the same lines. That was the other consideration <laughs> I was going with. Because uh, I'm fairly certain of the Mississippi position players. I'm not sure there's another one that could provide even double-digit power. Uh, let's see. All right. Well, with, with my power taken care of, I'm going to go um, I'm gonna grab me some stolen bases. I'm going to grab from the Augusta roster, roster Tyler Collins. Yeah. <laughs> We're kind of thinking the same wavelength here because I, I was eyeballing him, but I can, I'm sure I can grab some stolen bases from elsewhere. So I think I'm going to go back to the starting pitchers and I'm going to select Owen Murphy. Wow. One, two, that, that, mm, I hate that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have to counter here, so I'm going to grab uh, A.J. smith Schauber. Yeah, that's a good one, too. He's done pretty well thus far. Let's plumb the depths of the position players, since there's there are rather few and far between. I think it's about time for me to grab some stolen bases and um, a little bit of offense. I'm going to choose Forrest Wall. Good choice. He was definitely on my – actually, he was next on my outfield list. In the spirit of better grab some power where I can, I'm going to try to get some from the catcher position. I'm going to grab Javier Valdez. Um, I don't know about double digits, but he'll he should yeah hit a few. I think I'm going to choose. I'm going to. I think I'm going to choose um, Luke Waddell. Okay, uh, shortstop. Yes. Let's see. Is he? Where's he? Was he second base eligible as well? Yeah, he was both. Oh, maybe he wasn't. Okay. Uh, he certainly was. Uh, he, or he, I don't know. He might be now. I haven't checked. Okay. But you've already got a second baseman, so it doesn't matter. There you go. All right. Um, now we get to the cross your fingers and hope section. I am going to get an outfielder I think will give me some speed. I'm hoping he gives me some power. I will grab Caden Morton. That's a, it's a gamble, but it's a good gamble. If only outfield assist was a category. <laughs> Indeed. I'm going to choose another outfielder when it's doing fairly well so far. And I think he's got some real potential. Uh, Kevin Kilpatrick Jr. Very nice. All right. I think I'm going to go ahead and close out my catchers. I'm going to grab Drake Baldwin. Oh, that's a good one. And with all the injuries out there, it's hard to know who to choose and who not to choose and when certain players may or may not be back. Mm-hmm. And as always, the Braves are so helpful with the injury updates. Oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe he's alive and maybe he's not. I did see that uh, <laughs> Daisbel Hernandez um, had a um, rehab appearance. Yes, finally. Let's see. I think I'm going to go back and plumb the starting pitching well. He's probably going to be up and down some this season. Um, but Dylan Dodd had a solid first start for Gwinnett. And I think I'm going to go that route for him. Damn it. Yeah, that was going to be my next pick. I think it's um, one of these – because the Atlanta stats count too. That might be what counts against me. But I think when he's in Gwinnett, he's going to do quite well. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was willing to take a chance on that, but um, you beat me to him. So, really, starting pitching is a lot less enticing now. So, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and grab the next best infielder I see, and that's uh, Geraldo Quintero. Yeah, that's kind of looking at him too, but I'm putting him at second. All right, back to the starting pitching well. <laughs> mm. uh, Jared Schuster. I don't think he's going to get a lot of time in Atlanta this season, and he's in, definitely in line probably behind Dylan Dodd and maybe even Mike Soroka. So I think he's going to get a lot of time in Gwinnett this season. So hopefully that he'll be able to rack up some numbers for me. Sounds reasonable. All right. Um, I don't know. Uh, when in doubt, I'll, I'll grab a reliever. I'll go ahead and get uh, Victor Vodnik. There you go. A staple of my team in the past, and for good or bad. <laughs> <laughs> Glad he's back. I'm going to take an, a reliever myself uh, from that same Mississippi roster. Uh, God's, he put up a lot of strikeouts last season, and he's already started well this season. Kyle Wilcox. Mm. Yeah, not a guy that probably a lot of fans know, but um, got some looks in spring, you know, came yeah, over from I, a, another and organization. Think, yeah, and I think he'll uh, get some save opportunities for Mississippi as well. So I think strikeouts and saves is where he'll come into the mix. Yeah. Uh, speaking of save opportunities, um, I'm gonna, from Rome, I'm going to grab Tyler Owens. Yeah. That's a good one. He was on my short list as well. All right, I'm going to go for my last starting pitcher. Um there's not a ton of great options left. I'm going to go with Ian Mejia. I think he's uh, got you, the kind of stuff that's going to do well at the lower levels, but he might run into some trouble at the higher levels, but I think he's going to do quite well here in the in A-ball. Yeah. Yeah, you, you ran over me in starting pitching. I feel very, very, <laughs> um, very not, not comfortable with all that right now. But you know what? Since I don't have to worry about starting pitching anymore, let me see if I can do you the same. I'm going to grab an outfielder, and I will grab a guy that seems to have some burgeoning power here in Augusta, Jeremy Celadonio. Yeah, that's a good one. Know of him, I don't know. He's got potential. He was not on my short list, but I think that's a guy who can provide you some definite possibilities here. And that's what we got going on right now. Nothing but the promise of possibilities. Yes. Okay, I'm going to take a reliever who is not currently in the minor leagues, but I think could be there as early as tomorrow. I'm Mm. going to choose Danny Young. Oh, interesting. Because he's got options, and I think he's going to be next man out as as early as Monday, so uh, he'll get some Gwinnett time pretty quickly. Yep, and he is still uh, rookie eligible, so um, he is... And I know on the Twitter timeline, everybody, people are trying to figure out what the next move is. And I was like, it's probably going to be Danny Young. And people are like, he has options? It's like, yeah, it's got, I think he has two options. Yeah, I mean, he'd only been up once. So, yeah, all right. Let's go ahead and grab, um, I'm gonna grab Bryson Horn for first base. Yeah, he's a guy that can provide you a little pop. Yeah, hopefully. All right, I'm going to take a – I'm not sure where I'm going to put him yet, but I'm going to choose uh, Cade Bunnell because he can fit in about six different spots, I think. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm slotting him in for third base for you for now. but you Yeah, can that's fine. Him. 
All right. Um, time for another middle infielder. I will take Cal Connolly. I'm going to, let's see here. I'm going to hope that this young man figures it out. He's young for level, but uh, Ambioris Tavares. I'm going to plug him in at what utility, middle infield. Okay. And I will grab my corner infielder. And I will take, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <let's... laughs> that's that's where we're at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just... Clearly, this is the best option. Um, you know what? All right. Uh, Hudson Potts. There you go. So where's he listed under? Let's see. Uh, first and third. Okay. All right. I'm going back to the bullpen. Um, I'm going to go with Landon Harper. Uh, nice outing the other day. All right. I'm going to finish out my offense, and I'll get another veteran to my team. Welcome back, Justin Dean. There you go. I considered him earlier, but... Doesn't seem to get a ton of playing time thus far, but I mean, that could very well change as people start getting healthy. Yeah. And it wouldn't be 100% shocked to see him get bumped back down to Mississippi also. Yeah. I mean, Eli White gets, you know, when he, presumably he'll be sent down when Michael Harris comes back and, you know, there could be a chain reaction. Oof. I'd still need two outfield spots. <laughs> I'm not sure there are two outfielders we're taking here. Um, I, I have you with two already, Forrest Wall and Kirkpatrick. Yeah, I need two. I need two more, right? One four more. Out- oh, one more. I thought I needed four outfielders. No, three three outfielders and then a DH. Ah, there we go. And you're out of position players, right? Yep, or- that is it. The, the, you have run of the rest of the position players. All right, so I'll hold off on that one and head back to the bullpen. Let's see. Let's go with Austin Smith. That was going to be my next pick. Uh, I will take from the Rome bullpen Miguel Pena. Pretty reliable guy. I'm running out of players from my wish list. So I'm going to take some guys that are going kind of in the that middle relief stage. I might not get a lot of saves from them, but I'll get some innings and strikeouts of them. Um, I'm going to go with Alec Barger. Good choice. Uh, let's see. I will take, you know, let's take a walk on the wild side. Uh, Roldy Munoz. Well, <laughs> it certainly is a walk on the wild side. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very apt descri- description of his uh, abilities. I mean, it may pay off, but it might not be pretty to watch. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go with um, Alex Siegel. Very nice pick. That probably was going to be my next one. And it, on my ongoing thing, I think I believe I've selected three relievers in a row whose names start with A. So, <laughs> oh, okay. Watch out, Albert Rivas, <laughs> Adel Delone. This guy has already picked up one save. Maybe he'll pick up some other. That, that's where I am at this point. Uh, a Starlin Rodriguez is where I'll go next. I think one problem we're having, there's a lot of injured relievers on this list, and we have no idea when or if they're coming back. Indeed. I mean, obviously, we've done ones we know we're, we're going to be gone, like Blake Burkhalter, he won't be around this season. But then you have other ones like, let's say, um, Brooks Wilson. Who knows when he'll mm-hmm. be around. And Daysball Hernandez is kind of sort of back, so. I'm going to go with a 
Gwinnett reliever now, uh, Roel Ramirez. Yeah, I totally blanked on him being eligible, but he is, isn't he? Hmm. All right, I'm going to pick a guy that I think will eventually end up in the in a rotation somewhere, but he's in the bullpen right now, um, and that's Seth Keller. Nice little wild card for you here at the end of the draft. Hmm. All right, um, I'm just throwing out a name here at the end. Um, Ellison Joseph. Good stuff. All right. Um, now we're taking take completely a- different things at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm all pitching at this point, and you're all uh, hitting. We're not actually competing anymore. Um, I'm going to take um, take a guy that's probably, in my opinion, probably at a level too high right now, uh, but he's got good stuff and seems to have the uh, the attention of the organization. That's uh, Grant Holmes. Yeah. It's, all right, let me see. Since we're not competing, I'll just start working my way through catchers. Let's see. I'm going to go with um, Adam Zabrowski. All right, I'll finish up my bullpen. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and um, get my cousin, Hayden Harris. There you go. Need representation. After all the various and assorted Harrises over the last couple of seasons, you, you wouldn't hurt to get another. Yeah, Maybe the, last, the last Harris. <laughs> all right, let me grab my other catcher here. Uh, this is a little tricky because one of my balling. I'm going to go with... Uh, believe he well you know what i'm gonna go with ryan castile thought about tyler tolvey but i don't know how injured he is or when he's coming back so i'll take a guy that i know is at least available at the moment wait a minute, you're taking castile over clementina i know i gotta change my luck i didn't do well last year so wow it's a changing of the guard <laughs> of course maybe i'll choose him as my oh wait that's right he's not eligible for uh middle infield okay <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Just imagine the possibilities. I just did. Um, (laughs) Wow. All right. Well, I got nothing but starting pitchers to choose next, so I'm just going to go down my list here. Uh, Next up is Darius Vines. I have no idea what his injury is, when he'll be back, but you know what? That's a solid pick if if he's healthy. Yep. I'm sure they'll get right on that to notify us if he's – when he'll be available to – come off the injured list that's right let's see i think i believe I, I think i still have two no i have one outfield spot corner infield and dh to go that's what i've got for you too all right so yeah, it's just pretty ugly at this point i'm gonna go with uh, justin janice or okay. i'll fill out my corner spot all right um, I will get a guy that hopefully at least will get me some wins. Um, JJ Negro. Yeah. I think he's kind of found his level. Um, did not going to dominate it like he did Augusta, but it seems like he's going to at least put up some innings and mm-hmm. probably catch you a few wins here and there. Yep. All right. Outfield DH are my spots remaining. Oh, this is just a flat-out gamble at this point, hoping that he eventually develops into something. I'm going to go with Stephen Paolini. All right. I'm going to grab a guy whose starting days actually may be over, but uh, he looks like he's going to get some innings, and um, he'll definitely strike some people out. I will reunite the Twins I, and I grab say Robert already, Munoz. I, oh, 
I, that's different than I thought you were going to go. When you said like a converted starter, I thought you were going to go Jared Johnson. Oh, yeah. I, I thought about it. Uh, but no, I, Munoz is um, – he, he's he's just more advanced. and uh, Oh, yeah. And he seems to have taken well to the AAA level, at least as of the moment. Yeah, we'll 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 discuss this at the, after this is yeah. all over and see how. <laughs> all right, I got one spot left, and it's DH, so it's take who basically or anyone I want at this point. But there's just not a lot out there. This is going to be kind of an oddball pick, but I know he's got some pop. It just a matter how much playing time he's going to get. It. Arden Pabst. Hmm. He had a couple of uh, home runs this week for Mississippi, and I remember, uh, I believe he was our player of the week, position player of the week uh, for the last week of uh, the 2022 season. So he's got some pop, and I think he'll move around the different levels, providing some uh, depth at catcher, and whenever he plays, I I think it's kind of almost a Ryan Castile situation. Might not get a lot of playing time, but he's going to make the most of what he gets. All right. Yeah, I would not have chosen that one for you in that spot um, probably in a million years, but yeah. You explained it. That, that makes sense. Yep. All right. For my last pick, uh, starting pitcher, I'm gambling on the upside here. I'm going to get uh, Spencer Schwellenbach. Yeah. I, I, I thought about him, but just kind of seeing those limited innings right now. I mean, I, I believe last time I had only threw like 25 pitches. So I think they're bringing him along very slowly, but I think that that's a solid pick and he'll build up as the season goes on. Yep. All right, so that concludes the draft. Um, make sure I get this right. Uh, Matt, you have first base, Drew Lugbauer, second base, Cody Milligan. Cade Bennell is at third base with Luke Waddell at shortstop, a very Mississippi-ish infield. Uh, catchers, Adam Zabrowski and Ryan Castile, some big boppers there. Outfield, Forrest Wall, Kevin Kilpatrick, Stephen Paolini, a lot of athleticism. Uh, your corner infielder is Justin Janis, and your middle infielder is Ambirios Tavares, and your designated hitter, Arden Pabst. Uh, starting pitchers as uh, uh, really the stars of the organization right now, J.R. Ritchie, Owen Murphy, Dylan Dodd, Jared Schuster, and Ian Mejia. My wife is looking at me like, you dumbass, how did you not get any of those people? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, that was kind of my strategy because uh, seeing the position players this season, I figure I'll just start stocking on starting pitching early. <laughs> uh, relief core is uh, Kyle Wilcox, Danny Young, Landon Harper, Austin Smith, Eric Barger, Alex Siegel, Roel Ramirez, and Ellison Joseph. Did I get all that? You got it. All right. So to wrap up my team, first baseman Bryson Horn, second baseman Geraldo Quintero, third baseman David McCabe, Nacho Alvarez is the shortstop. The catching core is Javier Valdez and Drake Baldwin. My outfielders are Tyler Collins, Caden Morton, and Jeremy Celadonio. Uh, Corner infielder is Hudson Potts, middle infielder Cal Conley, and my designated hitter is Justin Dean. My starting rotation is A.J. Smith-Shawver, Darius Vines, J.J. Negro, Rodery Munoz, and Spencer Schwellenbach. And my bullpen is Victor Vodnik, Tyler Owens, Miguel Pena, Roldy Munoz, Estarlin Rodriguez, Seth Keller, Grant Holmes, and Hayden Harris. So that's how we're going to line up. Matt, I think 
just based on um, this on paper, you have an excellent chance of evening up our series. We'll see. The one I might be kicking myself over is not choosing. I mean, I'm surprised he's kind of still out there. Is Tyler Tolway. Um, but yeah. I mean, if he comes back Tuesday of this week, <laughs> we'll both be kicking mm-hmm. ourselves. But Very who knows? True. It could be June or July before he comes back, and a little too late at that point. So we'll we'll see if we either one of us regrets that decision. Yeah, some some guys that were on my list that were not taken. Uh, probably the biggest surprise for me was Drew Campbell. Uh, just kind of a all round pretty good player, and w- pretty much won't hurt you anywhere. That that's, uh, that was my thinking. I thought about it, and I, that's the the reason I would have taken it. It's like he's not going to kill me. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then uh, Brandon Mosquita also not taken. Um, I, I I know I have some reservations with him at the high level, but that's that's basically why he he I was considering him, but decided to go with Justin Dean instead. Yeah, same same here. I kind of thought I thought about um, thought about him, but I, I just I need to see more from the the high level to see what he's got because uh, I'm not sure what's really there or what his ceiling is at this point. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier about not being a lot of guys with double digit home run potential with Mississippi. One guy that I do think will probably get there is Landon Stevens. I just don't know what else he's going to get you. Yeah, it's gonna, I thought about it, but it's like he might strike out 175 times. <laughs> while he's doing it. <laughs> uh, yeah, because he seems to be slow at taking to the level so far. He's got some pop. He'll get that occasional long ball, but uh, I don't know if he's even a Drew Lugbauer level of player. Yeah, and the only other guy I had on my list as a possibility for starting pitcher was Luis Davia, and it was kind of between him and J.J. Negro for me for a guy that probably won't hurt you very much and could – grab some wins, but otherwise, you know, won't get you a lot. Um, I just went with Negro because he's at a lower level, and I think Diavia might have a longer time adjusting to Mississippi. Yeah, and I think Negro will likely be at um, Rome for the majority of the season, if not the entire season. I think you'll be able to snap up some wins doing that. Yep. All right, so that is the end of our fourth ever fantasy draft. Hope you enjoyed it. Matt? Good luck to you. And to you as well, sir. Uh, We are going to pin this to our Monday podcast. And uh, so I guess I'll say now, hope everyone has a good week. Have a good one. Chagrin, mes plaisirs, je n'ai plus besoin de balayer les amours avec leur trémolo, balayer pour toujours, je repars à zéro. Non.
Ça commence. 